All right, how was everyone's week? How was, uh, how was Valentine's Day? Was that good? Was that all right? Okay, let me ask you this in a different way. How was Forever Alone Day? How was that? Was that good? Yeah, it was all right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Some of you guys are like, oh my gosh, it was so good. And some of you guys are just like, shut up, Tyler. How dare you? Why would you bring that up again? Alrighty, well, if you don't know who I am, my name is Tyler Moore, and this is Cornerstone Middle School Ministry. Welcome, it's very nice to see you guys. If you are just tuning in, we are starting a sermon series called 40 Days in the Word, and we're going to be talking about something you might know, you might have heard of it, it's called the Bible, and why this is important, and why it's still relevant today. So some of the foundations that you see is love the Word, you know, learn the Word, and live the Word. So last week we talked about what is the Bible? What's the purpose of the Bible? And we talked about this main philosophy that God, the creator of the universe, who knew who you were before you were even born, he knew you were going to have free will, so he wrote you an instruction manual. You know, I'm here, I'm born, what do I do? Well, there's an instruction manual, it's called your Bible. And so now we're going to talk about a certain aspect of the Bible that sometimes just gives people like the chills. Ooh, it's called the Old Testament. Some of you guys are just like, Tyler, I don't know nothing about the Old Testament. I don't even want to think about it. Jesus is cool. I'll read the New Testament. But what is the purpose of the Old Testament? So I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys that. What's the point of the Old Testament? What do you know? Let's get some hands going. What do you think? It shows the laws and history of the Bible. It shows the laws and history of the Bible. Yes, that is definitely a major part of it. Anyone else? Moses, what do you think the Old Testament's for? To talk to God? Ooh, we saw a lot of people talk to God in the Old Testament. Definitely. A lot of prophets. Yes. The life before Jesus. Yes, believe it or not, there was thousands of years that passed by before Jesus was around. And the Old Testament, there's kind of a main theme to it that a lot of people don't realize. So I'm going to kind of give you guys some examples to make this easier for you. So the Old Testament, how old is it? The Old Testament is ancient. It is very old. And I know you guys think that I'm very old, but I'm not as old as the Old Testament. So keep your 40-year-old marks. No, I'm not 40. To yourselves, and let's continue. So how old is the Old Testament? Well, it starts in the beginning, and it starts in Genesis. And so as you know, that's kind of like creation. So we got two examples for you guys, and they're going to help provide some structure for the Old Testament because there's a lot of things jam-packed. So here's what we're going to do. Why should you read the Old Testament, Genesis and up? Well, Genesis is old. It's, it's kind of like this trunk. Now, if you can't see this trunk, it's really, it's obviously old. I mean, this thing looks like it's from at least the early 1900s. And as far as we know, this could be some old guy's dirty hamper. And there could be clothes in there. There could be dirty underwear just left in there for just decades. And we don't even know. Yeah, I mean, if I open up, there could be poisonous mustard gas in there. We're not too sure. So why should we pay attention to the Old Testament when there's so much better things to do, right? I mean, there's video games. Boys, you can play video games. You can become an action hero in two seconds. Girls, I know you firmly believe that the mall is hands down the greatest thing ever invented, and shopping must be from heaven because it is glorious. So I'm going to give you guys an option right now, and you guys get to choose. Let's make this interactive. So here we have, well, there, there was a note that came with this. This obviously looks like a guitar case. It looks pretty sweet. So there must be a guitar, but there might be some other things in there. And this note says, greatest thing ever. So in here, there's the greatest thing ever. So girls are thinking, all right, shopping cards, right? Some, some prepaid cards to go shop. Guys are thinking unlimited video games, right? So 
you got everything you could ever want in this one case. And then we have the Old Testament, which is a little old, right? You really want to see what's in there? Well, you're going to find out what's in there. Luckily enough, luckily it is not poisonous mustard gas. I checked first. So the Old Testament, what's it about? I'm going to give you guys some visual representations. And the first book we have in Genesis, and it's on your notes, the first book we have is called Genesis. So on your notes, if you didn't get a pen, just visualize it. If you have a pen, right next to Genesis, I want you to write questions and answers. So that's the first thing we're going to talk about. So you can write just Q&A. That's what I did. Or a question mark and answers. So Genesis contains some of life's biggest questions. Why are we here? What's the point of life? Is there a God? Is there evil? A lot of questions that you can have and a lot of answers can be found in Genesis. It's a pretty awesome book. Not only does Genesis contain the questions we have, you know, why are we here? Why is there a God? But it's also the book of beginnings. We find out how we started. We find out about who our predecessors were. So who were our ancestors? And so we find out about other people like Noah and, and, uh, Noah and Abraham. It's a book about faith. It's a book about believing. So if you want to know what Genesis is, there's questions and answers, but then there's great examples of faith. I mean, Noah heard God speak, and he built an ark. Everyone thought he was crazy, but he had faith in God. And so Genesis is a good place to start if you want to start in the Old Testament. I highly recommend it. And another thing, you're going to see a zigzag line through your notes, and it starts in Genesis. And I'm going to give you a hint. In Genesis, that's where we first learn about Jesus Christ. In Genesis 3.15, we find out after Adam and Eve fell, you're right, we all remember the apple, God tells them, look, Satan is going to be your enemy, but Eve's descendant is going to stop him. Genesis 3.15 literally says that the devil will strike his heel, but your descendant will crush his head, become victorious over evil. So that's what we got with Genesis. And then from Genesis, we got Exodus. And Exodus is where we learn about Moses, right? We remember Moses and the, the, uh, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. We all remember that story. And we learn about Exodus and how God delivered his people from suffering. And there's so many great lessons that we could learn there. But we're going to go to another chapter. Or we're going to go to another book right after that called Leviticus. Has anyone ever heard of Leviticus ever? Kind of? I'm going to give you the best thing ever. If your parents are lecturing you about cleaning your room, and they're just like going on and on and on, stop, look them in the eye, and say, Mom, Dad, how many times have you read Leviticus? And they are going to just pause think to themselves, and you're going to see the funniest expression you've ever seen. Because this book, oh man, this book is all about rules. And this book is all about the many different rules that people have. And so I know you're thinking right now, Tyler, why are you recommending I read a book about rules? I've got enough rules daily throughout my life. Why do I have to follow any more rules? There's too many, right? Don't punch a gorilla. That's a great rule. Never punch a gorilla, guys. They weigh 500 pounds. They will snap you like a celery twig, right? Never go swimming in the ocean with stakes typed or, you know, taped to your body. It's a bad idea. Sharks can smell blood a mile away. If you jump in the ocean with stakes, just prime roast, just rib, just, you know, taped to your body, there's a good chance a shark's going to find you. Don't do that. So, so Leviticus kind of gives us some rules. And so with Leviticus, this, in case you don't know, is a leveler. And this is going to represent Leviticus. Now, a carpenter, this is a good tool. Because let's say 
you know, I, I somewhat enjoy carpentry. I'm not too good at it. I'll admit it. But we need this tool because this tells us if something is leaning too far to the right or something's leaning too far to the left. Now, if I was building a chair for my grandpa, you know, like an awesome rocking chair, you know, I just built it by hand, but I didn't use this, you know, yeah, it looks pretty good. Grandpa should be good. Grandpa should be fine, you know. But if it's not level, man, that thing is going to be lacquered up. It is going to be slippery. Grandpa's going to sit down, slip right off, and break a hip. Game over for Grandpa. No, you got to use this leveler. And just like Leviticus, for thousands of years, people were able to look at this book and compare their lives to it and be like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm a little uneven. Or, no, I shouldn't be doing that. It's a little uneven. So Leviticus helps us measure our lives. It, it helps give us rules and foundations. And so this is very important, one, for grandpa's hip, and second, for our lives. Leviticus helps give us these rules that are very important, like not punching a gorilla or not swimming with steak in the ocean. It's just good foundational rules. So we have this leveler for Leviticus, but so you can circle Leviticus on your notes, and right next to it, write rules, and then right after rules, I want you to write sacrifice. And this is the next little information we learn about Jesus. We learn how to cover our sins. We learn, we learn how to make ourselves right in sight of God. And so for thousands of years, people had to sacrifice animals, but not anymore. And we'll get to that later. So there's Leviticus. And remember what I said. If you ever want to ask your parents a funny question... Ask them how many times they've read Leviticus. Ask your leaders how many times they've read Leviticus because the answer will be pretty funny. So where do we go from here? We have numbers. So does everyone know the old story that the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years? Numbers talks about this. So numbers is next. After that, we have Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, it literally recaps everything you just talked about. It talks about Israelites and all that good stuff. So now we have the 12 books of history. And these are some of my favorite. These books tell the story of God's people. In these books, we see the blessings of those who follow God and the consequences of those who don't. So right next to uh, 12 books of history, I want you to write bibliography. That's a big word, and I understand. Try your best. But I want you to think right now and give me some hands. Who are your modern-day heroes? Who do you look up to? Yeah, who do we look up to? Spence, what? Who do you look up to? Louder. Batman, yes. Batman is epic. I own all three movies in the collector's set, and I watch them every other Thursday. Yes. Who? Spider-Man. Okay. We're continuing to have fictional characters, but that's fine. Yes. Mostly your dad. That is epic, man. I'm proud. Yes. What do we got here? Chuck Norris. Yeah. Chuck Norris. Hey, if Chuck Norris was leading a church, I would follow that guy. You know, if he was scriptural too and he was, oh man, that would be the most epic church around, hands down. Yes. What do we got back there in the flower? Yes, you. Mr. King? Martin Luther King? Is that who you're talking about? Your director. Oh, nice. Yeah, he knows a lot about what he's talking about. Yes. What do we got? Josh Hamilton. Is that an actor? No? Oh, he wrote. He wrote several books. Is that what we're saying? <coughs> Louder, I can't. Yo Gabba Gabba. Okay. Well, if you watch Yo Gabba Gabba, Sea Kids would love to have you. No, I'm just kidding. Stay here in middle school. Okay, so let's go ahead and put the hands down. You can tell me who your favorite hero is later. That's fine. So in the 12 books of history, we have bibliographies. And these are stories about heroes. 
One of my modern-day real-life heroes is Pete Carroll. Not only did he coach the USC Trojans, God's team, God's most favored team because they are so awesome and wonderful, but he wrote a book. And so when Pete Carroll writes a book, you read the book. I read the book because I love football and I love this guy and I dreamed of one day playing for him. And I read this book front to cover multiple times and oh, it was epic. So in your 12 books of history, you have all the ancient heroes. Guys, you got Joshua. If you don't know who Joshua is, whoo, he was like Chuck Norris's great, 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 granddaddy. Joshua, boys, pay attention. Circle Joshua too, boys. I want to give you this. Joshua's job was to conquer kingdoms. Joshua's job by God was to conquer kingdoms in the promised land. Listen to this, Joshua 1.5. This is God talking to Joshua. No one will be able to stand their ground against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will lead my people to possess all the land I swore to give their ancestors. Be strong and courageous and obey all my laws. Ooh, yeah. Let's get ready for war. That's epic. Girls, there's some books in there for you too, believe it or not. In the book of Ruth, now this is the original love story. Forget about Twilight and all that other garbage. That is just awful stuff. If you think Twilight is real love, why don't you ask Robert Patterson and whatever her name was, Kristen Stewart, how their love was because she cheated on him and it's not a good love story. So let's get back to a real biblical love story. Girls, check this out. This is about a girl named Ruth. And she loved her family so much. And she was so loyal to her family. And then when everything was going great, she lost her husband. And that doesn't sound like so epic today. But back then, if a woman lost her husband to death, she would have to live on the streets as a beggar. But through this, through the death of her husband, she continued to follow God. And despite this, not only did her husband just pass away, but her mother-in-law hated her. Her mother-in-law was like a monster-in-law, and she hated her. But despite all this, she continued to trust God. She continued to love God. And then soon enough, she met the love of her life. And it's like the ultimate romance story. Guys, stifle your vomit. I know some of you guys are like, blah, emotions. Oh, no. No, control it. It's okay. We're in church. It's all good. So, If you want to read a great bibliography, if you want to read about awesome heroes or great love stories, man, the Bible has these for you. And next, we got the five books of wisdom. All right, so go to your five books of wisdom. We're right there. And then I want you to circle Proverbs. And when you circle Proverbs, I want you to write fortune cookies. Right? Fortune cookies. Everyone loves fortune cookies. And I have a fortune cookie for you right here. Now, the problem with fortune cookies is that some random guy in some factory writes these advice for you. And I don't know about you, but I've gotten some pretty crummy fortune cookies. Like one fortune cookie said, uh, the other one was wrong and I'm right. And I was just like, what does that mean? Like, could you imagine trying to follow the advice of every fortune cookie you got? It would just be a disaster. But In the book of Proverbs, if everyone sits still, I might hand this fortune cookie out later. So, the book of Proverbs has fortune-like cookie advice. Here's the clutch. Here's the kicker. It's from God. So, you can bet there's some pretty good advice. And it's one of the quick advice I'll give you from Proverbs is Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Boys, girls, one day you guys are going to think about dating, you know, dating people. And as scary as a thought that is to me, 
You guys should know you're going to want to text them every single second. You're going to want to shoot them a text in class. You're going to text them through every single period. You're going to hold hands in between PE and fifth period, and it's going to be so cute. And you're going to want to just call them after school and talk with them and go to the movies on the weekends. You're going to want to invest everything you got into that person. And then that person is going to like someone else and break your heart. And you are going to be like, Tyler, you are so right. She doesn't like me anymore. Or Tyler, you are so right. Johnny likes my best friend now. (laughs) So maybe we should listen to Proverbs. Some of you guys are laughing because you're like, how did he know? How did he know? I never told him. So... Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. I think that's some solid fortune cookie advice. If fortune cookies started writing some proverbs on there, I think we'd be in a better way in America. So, next, I want you to circle. There'd be less lonely hearts. (laughs) Valentine's Day wouldn't be so bad. So, circle Psalms. It's P-S-A-L-M-S. Circle Psalms. Now, Psalms, oh man, Psalms is one of my favorite books. Because Psalms, it's kind of like your favorite teddy bear. Oh, all the girls are like, oh. Guys are like, I don't own no teddy bear. And, and I'm going to say too, I mean, I don't even need my teddy bear anymore. I need all 20 of them. They keep me safe. They keep me safe. My bed is just all teddy bears. Like no one will hurt me. I got Mr. Bilbo Baggins and Frodo on the corner. I'm good. I'm good. Right? So, man, Psalms. It's better than a teddy bear. And I'll tell you why. Psalms was written by a guy named David. And David conquered kingdoms. Oh, man, he stood on top of mountains, and he owned everything because he followed God. But God, man, he he even said David had a heart after his. And David was so high up there, so close to God. And then he committed adultery, and he fell so low. And we read about them in Psalms, literally. The Psalms are kind of like David's, David's confession, David's tell-all. David is like, man, I've conquered kingdoms with, with God at my back. And man, I've swam in the deepest oceans of sorrow. And some of you guys know what these oceans feel like. Some of you guys even know what depression feels like. Some of you guys know what anger feels like. Some of you know what the hurt and loss of divorce feels like. Some of you guys know what just... just everyday anger feels like. And in Psalms, I want to let you guys know, in Psalms 147.3.5, if you've ever felt pain so deep you felt like your heart was ripping at the seams, Psalms 147.3-5 sums it up so good. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them by name. He is our great Lord, and his power is absolute. If you ever need something to comfort you, instead of going elsewhere, instead of going to this and whatever life has for you, man, open up the book of Psalms and read. Even you have Google, too. Use the internet as a tool for, to find God. Google Psalms brokenhearted. Google Psalms anger. Google Psalms loneliness. And there's a psalm for your heart no matter how you feel. Oh, man, I love it. Now we get to the book of prophets. We're almost done, guys. Hang in there. We got the book of the prophets. These books were written by and about prophets. Prophets were sent to the Israelites whenever they wandered away from the Lord. 
they would proclaim the message of God's judgment as warning. So these prophets, check it out. You guys are like, yeah, I know God. He's my good friend. These prophets, man, they spoke with God personally. These prophets, they didn't just know who God is. They heard God's word. And so they wrote down what God would tell them. And so here's the thing. Some of us, some of us have never heard God speak to us before. Some of you guys are like, yeah, I know God, but I've never heard God speak. I'm not even sure if God's there because I've never heard, of, I've never heard him tell me anything. Well, we get to hear God's words through these people. If you have never heard God speak, I promise you to read Isaiah and I promise you to read Jeremiah. And now, Proverbs are kind of like a hearing aid. A long time ago, before there were hearing aids, your hearing aid looked like a little horn. It looked like a little French horn. And so this horn would just be poking out of your ear. I don't even know how it works. But apparently this horn, it helped you hear things. Here's the kicker. As if you were really deaf or if you got really old, you needed a bigger horn until eventually you're walking around like this, like, hello. Yes, and you're just, imagine you're just sitting at the dinner table and grandpa is just chilling there like this. And you're like, grandpa, can you say grace? What? Grandpa, can you say the grace? No, come again one more time. Grandpa, can you pray for the food? Okay. God bless America. We pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Oh, Grandpa. Oh, Grandpa, that's the Pledge of Allegiance. Maybe if I would have used the leveler on the chair, he wouldn't have broke his hip and he'd be more conscious right now. Oh, poor Grandpa. So, this is a good pointing tool, actually. So, Proverbs is like, or no, I'm sorry, not Proverbs. The book of the prophets is like a hearing aid. It helps us hear God's word. So I encourage you, if you want to hear God speak to your heart, I encourage you to pray, ask him to be in your heart, ask him for forgiveness, and then read these books. Jeremiah 29, 11, I have never heard God speak until I lost my father. And I was, man, I was so far from God. And I, I read this verse. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. And I am in the lowest ocean I've ever been in of just pain and sorrow. And then God spoke to me through this verse. And when I thought my future was just filled with nothing but awfulness, God told me, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I love that verse so much. It's actually become a part of who I am. And the next verse that I love is in Isaiah 41.10. And for anyone ever going through stuff, man, I encourage you to hear God's word through the 17 books of the prophets. Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid. I am with you. This is God speaking to you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed. I am with you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. If you want to hear God speak, man, open up these books. And that kind of brings us to the conclusion of today's sermon. And I want to tell you right now, now that we've unpacked, we've unpacked everything that the Old Testament has, I encourage you to use it. And I definitely want you guys to read. I know you're thinking I'm crazy. Tyler wants me to read five minutes every single day of the Bible. No way, man. I got video games. I got Halo 4. Girls, you got the shopping mall just two blocks or two cities down in Temecula, right? I encourage you, friends, now that you know what's in here, whether you need to be comforted because you're going through something awful, maybe you need to read a good book about some kind of hero or some real-life love happy ever after with Ruth or 
you know, maybe you just need to hear God more. Use the Old Testament. And so now I know what you're thinking, but this is the greatest thing ever, Tyler. Option number two, whatever this is, this is the greatest thing ever. Society tells me it's the greatest thing ever. People are telling me it's the greatest thing ever. And I know what it's like to invest into the greatest thing ever, whether it's video games, whether it's sports, whether it's shopping, whether it's boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever society throws at you. I know what that feeling is like because when you open it up inside, when you truly spend 8, 9, 10, 20, 30, 40 years involved in what society says is great, when you open it up and you think it's going to be the greatest thing ever, you find out some hard truth. And the greatest thing ever is just something broken that doesn't even work. You think it's going to be awesome. You think if I invest my entire life into my boyfriend, girlfriend, shopping, sports, video games, whatever have you, and I invest nothing in God, I'm going to get the greatest thing ever. But friends, let me tell you, that's not how life works. That's That's not the truth. That's a lie that we've been told by society and by the enemy. So I encourage you, when you got five minutes, if you need a bibliography, man, read about Ruth or Joshua. When you need to hear God speak, open up the Old Testament. So let's sum it up. God gave you a book about history. God gave you a book about rules. And God gave you ancient heroes. God gave you wisdom. And God gave you his promise-filled words. But I mean to tell you, that zigzag line doesn't represent any of that doesn't represent any of that. The Old Testament is great, but the mission and the purpose of the Old Testament is the mission of God in the world in preparation for Jesus. God didn't just give us a book because God knew he loved you so much. God loves you so much. He didn't want to give you a book about history. God loves you so much. He didn't want to give you just rules. God loves you so much. He didn't want to give you ancient heroes. God loves you so much. He didn't just want to give you wisdom that could be found. God loves you so much. He didn't want to give you promises that are filled with his splendid words. No, he wanted to give you something more. And from the beginning of time, God prepared us for the coming of Christ. God loves you so much, he didn't want to give you books, rules, and regulations. God loves you so much, he prepared us. He wanted to give us his only one begotten son, Jesus Christ, so that you don't have to have rules to dictate your life. You don't have to seek wisdom. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is ask for Jesus Christ to come be in your heart. And you get to spend eternity with God. God loves you so much, he didn't want to give you all these things. He wanted to give you one thing, eternal life with him in heaven. So I ask you, the Old Testament is beautiful. It points to Christ. In the New Testament, you get to hear Jesus' words. But I want to ask you, man, are you going to be consumed with the things this world tells you are worthwhile? Empty promises that just leave you hurt, broken, depressed, filled with sorrow and anger every day? Or do you want to invest in something that God gave you? Bow our heads, let's pray. God, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you have blessed us with. God, Jesus Christ, we can't even imagine how long it took from the creation of time until Jesus' coming, his first coming here on the planet Earth. We don't know how long it took, but it took thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and we know it is a very long time, and it's hard to put specific dates on it, but God, we just want to thank you so much that you gave people strength to follow you. You gave your followers faith. You delivered the Israelites from Egypt. You delivered your prophets. You gave us this book. You gave us this instruction manual. You gave us how a way to live 
without pain. You gave us a way to live without eternal pain. You gave us a way to live without eternal anger. You give us a way to live without eternal sorrow. You give us a way to live life with love. You gave us a, lo- a way to live life with joy. You gave us a way to live life with kindness, patience, joy, with every fruit of the Spirit. God, we want to thank you so much that you didn't just want to give us rules and regulations and traditions and history and ancient heroes, but you wanted to give us your only son so we can know just how much the God of the universe loves each and every single one of us. Please, Holy Spirit, help remind us of this love that no matter how lonely you feel, no matter how angry you feel, no matter how depressed you feel, you know that the creator of the universe knew who you were going to be thousands of years before you were ever born. And he loves you so much. He loved you so much before you were even born. He sent his one and only son to die a sinner's death on a cross, even though he lived the perfect life of example and love for us. God, we pray, convict our hearts. Make us realize how much you loved us by sending your only son, Jesus Christ. I encourage anyone, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come be in your life, if you want to find out what the heck is this guy talking about, what on earth is he talking about, I encourage you to try it right now. I encourage you, if you don't want a life of anger, if you don't want a life of depression, if you don't want a life of sorrow, if you want to know God's love, I encourage you right now, follow these words and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Please, Jesus Christ, I have made so many mistakes and I sin constantly. But please, Jesus Christ, forgive me for my sins and come be in my heart. Say this prayer with me. Say those words. Ask Jesus Christ. Invite him to be into your heart. And afterwards, come talk to me because your life is never going to be the same. And many of you guys wondering, well, I've been a Christian for so long, but I've never heard God talk. I've been a Christian for so long, but I don't know what his love feels like. I've been a Christian for so long, but I don't see anything here but emptiness. I encourage you to check your heart, to pick up his book, and to read his words. The New Testament is a great place to start. But if you need to hear specific words, go talk to your leaders and ask them where to look, whether it's wisdom in Proverbs, comfort in Psalms, the promises of God by his prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and all the others. Please, Christ, be with us. Please, Holy Spirit, fall on me and my friends in this room. In your name we pray, amen.